0: Hi everyone. Welcome to the Delhi Capitals podcast. I'm your host Sumit Rajpal. I've worked with this team since 2018 and it's been one amazing journey. So every Friday, remember to tune in to a new episode of our podcast as our players and coaches tell us their favorite stories, memories and much more. Remember to press the bell icon on Spotify to get the latest updates. Believe me, you don't want to miss this one. so here we are finally uh, we have you on our podcast and we're quite excited that there's so much to talk to you i i don't know when i'll stop maybe when you tell me to stop <laughs> so so it's been great uh, interacting with you since you have come here and all of us have been really looking forward to chatting with you so welcome to the delhi capitals podcast all of you are fans, you have Shane Watson, the legend, sitting right in front of us.
1: Thank you, it's a pleasure to be here. Very kind.
0: Awesome. So, uh, let's, let's get into business. I, I want to start talking to you about DC first. How did it happen?
1: Yeah, so it all happened, really, the conversation started a little while ago with um, Ricky, the last time I caught up with him. Um, after the last IPL, um, just catching up, he sort of mentioned that there might be an opportunity to, to work with him at, um, at, at DC. Which, um, for me, at that time, I was sort of still working through exactly what, like, what I wanted to do um, around whether it was um, let's put all my energy, all my energy and time into my businesses that I'd set up. Um, or test out a little bit of commentary, or whether I wanted to get into coaching. Uh, the one thing that I've always wanted to get into is coaching in some way, shape, or form. Because um, I just you know, I love helping people and trying to um, give people as many um, as much information as I've been fortunate enough to be able to gain throughout my throughout my life. Tell people. So I knew that was always going to be on the horizon somewhere. Um, and in my own mind, I thought that if I was going to get into coaching. Um, it would be with one of two people, um, if the opportunity ever arose, and that was with um, either Ricky Ponting, because he was an incredible captain, incredible leader. Um, to, I was so fortunate to play a big um, period of my career, career with Australia under him. So, and I know how good a coach he is as well. So it was either either under Ricky Ponting or Stephen Fleming. Working with Stephen Fleming at CSK, those two guys are probably the the um, the leading coaches that I believe in the world, the way they sort of go about things. So if an opportunity, I always thought in the back of my mind, if an opportunity came up with one of those two guys, then I'd have to, I've got to take it because those opportunities don't come along that often to be able to learn the ropes (coughs) from the best. So then it all came to... um, there's a little bit of space for about three or four months, and then it, uh, the opportunity came together, which I was just stoked that it that it worked out because it's been an incredible opportunity to be able to get back in a team environment again, um, to be able to work with work with Ricky again, which is just the the ultimate, and um, to be able to work with the Delhi Capitals. I've uh, obviously played against Delhi Capitals um, for a few years, and always uh, really enjoyed the way they went about their cricket and and. Their performance in the last sort of three or four years has been outstanding as well. So it was a, a great opportunity to try and make the most of and I've, and I've really, really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I was going to come to that. Cut to the present day. Did things pan out just like you thought they would?
1: At Delhi here? Yeah. It's um, a good question. I I didn't know exactly, personally, I didn't know exactly what to expect because this is my first f- like, full-time sort of um coaching role inside a team even though i felt like in my well even the last sort of four or five years that i played i felt like i was sort of helping out and coaching in some way the, the people who are coming through if they you know, needed some assistance but this just being a full-time sort of singly focused on on the coaching side of things it's just been oh, it's been so much more fulfilling than i thought it was going to be and in, in and around the delhi capital side of things um yeah, it's just been fascinating to be able to see how, um, you know, with preparation and seeing how people um, perform, the dynamics within a group and how much that can that does or doesn't have an impact on the group. Um, and the the exciting thing about Delhi is we still haven't right now where we sit today, we still haven't really. Um, everyone nailed together their best performances. Um, and which is an exciting thing because once we get four or five guys playing at their best and we're really close to that, then we're gonna be unstoppable. And we're, we are really, really close to that. That's the exciting thing. We still haven't been in our best and we've been really close. We've been very close to falling on the right side of the results like um, Gujarat, the Gujarat Titans have. They've just <laughs> somehow fallen across the, across the line in front. Um, and we haven't played our best and we've just been on the wrong side of those. So if we just consistently are able to just execute for a little bit longer, bat and ball and in the field, we're going to be able to get on a roll because the, the skill that we have within our group is is hard to match.
0: And how, how difficult it is for someone to transform the skills from the nets to the actual game because the pressure is completely mm-hmm. different.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that fascinates me the most, to be honest, um, Is and that's where... For me, that's why I'm so. Um, I'm so. Um, just, I find it super interesting the, the mental side of things. Um, I'm obsessed with it because it's just. We look at people who are in the nets and they've got incredible skill when there's freedom and they don't care. Like batters, they don't care if they get out. Bowlers, they don't care if they, you know, really, if they miss execute the balls. So there's more chance of them executing and they go into games and then all of a sudden because of the game situation, pressure's on, um, they need to you know, perform well for their position in the team, then their mental environment can change significantly. And then their ability to be able to um, execute under pressure is significantly reduced. And that's the thing that's that has really fascinated me about the mental skills side of the game of cricket. And that's why I've spent so much time um, developing my knowledge around that one personally when I was playing. Um, and I was fortunate enough, like, like life does at times um certain people come to your life at just the perfect time there's a guy called um jacques de who's based in the u.s who's this mental skills sort of guru who's worked with um indie like well he's sort of a, a big guy in um, motorsport in the u.s uh and also he's worked with like special forces people and fighter pilots and that so and i was going through a really tough time um in 24 late 2014 to a point whereas my performances were going what well, uh, the were I got dropped from test cricket, got, got dropped from one-day cricket, and this one guy I got introduced to, um, I had nothing to lose so I was going to retire. So I went over to see this guy and went through just some really simple information over a couple of days to understand how your mind works, how you get in your own way, how you do sabotage your own performance, like in a game compared to training, and then how to get out of your own way. And from that time on, I'd you know, four years have been able to put that into practice. I had some of my best performances throughout my career. But now to be able to see it as a as a coach as well, it's just I find it so fascinating because everything's always built around technique. Normally, coaches the first thing they say and what they see is your technique. Oh, you mishit that ball. You didn't execute that that ball when you're bowling because of this, because of this technique, whether you know whatever, whatever reason they think it is, because that's what you can see. But never really is the question around. Well, where's your mindset? Because if your mindset's not right, doesn't matter what your skills like, you're not going to be able to access your skill <clears throat> and and execute your skill. So that's why you know one of my main um, parts as a coach now is to be able to use those mental that mental skills knowledge that I've been so fortunate about to gain is to just pass that on to as many cricketers as I can because that's where training when we're free, we don't really care about you know, the, the results and why people are so good at training all the time and they go into a game and that is freeze. or they can't execute their skill or make good decisions under pressure. And it's all just around their mental environment. And that's why um, that's you know, one of the parts that I see is my advantages are, um, from the coaching side of things is to be able to help people just know what their right, what their right mental environment is to be able to just access all the skills that they've worked so hard to develop.
0: Right. And I, this is one topic I wanted to come to and spend some time on mm. because it's been quite fascinating for all of us as well to see what you're doing. And, and this is the first kind of experience where someone is talking about the mental aspect of the game. Mm. I mean, people have spoken about the mental aspect for the last two years because of the pandemic, the bubbles, mm. bubble fatigue. Mm. People wanted to freshen things up. So, there have been more team bonding activities trying to keep people fresh. But what you have brought in is a completely different aspect of the game, mm. and and uh, for a lot of people, uh, it would be great if we could touch upon how how you realised that. Okay, I I need to look at my sport from a different perspective. Mm. How did it begin for you?
1: Yeah, it's it's interesting because like even throughout my my career of um, playing cricket professionally since I was like nineteen or twenty, there was never really like a, a person around or a coach or a psychologist around that really helped me develop my my mental skills to a point where I was looking to continue to really improve that every time I trained and played. There was no one, <clears throat> there's no one around. It was more, there's a, a little bit like you pick little pieces here and there that would help, but... There wasn't really a mental skill that I was really trying skills that I was trying to develop because I didn't know that information. It was always around technical technical skills. So I did that for such up until I was thirty four, um, and I would fall into the right mindset at certain like certain times. I still had a, a, quite a few really good days throughout my my career at the, up until that point. But it's more so all around the circumstances around me that sort of made me fall into the right mindset and. Um, And that's why learning this information from from jacques de that i then set up a business with him um around trying to teach this information because i this information that um he he taught me was something i'd never heard before around how so incredibly simple it was to understand how to how to get out of your own way how to create the right mental environment for you that you're in control of we don't like i never realized to the point how much control you actually do have over your thoughts um to be able to think about the right things at the right time and um once i once i understood that simple information it doesn't mean it's easy because it takes a lot of work it's a mental skill that you've got to uh you've got to work a lot on to develop and get get better at but that's why i started the business with him because in australia i knew this information was not out there so simply for anyone to understand because jacques Delaire doesn't didn't know anything about cricket knew nothing about cricket but he just knew how to allow me to just direct my mind in the right in the right way to be able to just get out of my way because it felt like I'd, I had lost my skill. For nine months, I had not batted anywhere near how I knew I could. And I was like, well, where's my skill going? It's like vanished. But then automatically, no, not automatically, immediately, as soon as I understood how to create the right mental environment because of um, this information, straight away it's there. And that's all the exciting things around this information. I've just been, you know, I've turned into a disciple of, of Jacques Delaire now. And, um, and that's part of, I suppose, my fortunate connection with him is now that's part of my journey is to be able to pass that information on to as many people, not just, yes, cricketers, because I want, I love the game and I want to help as many cricketers as I possibly can. Um, but in all walks of life as well, because it's the one thing that we, well there's two things that we don't really get taught about growing up at school which I think two of the most important life skills that we should be being taught at school is mental skills around how we get the best out of ourselves from a performance point of view which is going to help people work through um, the challenging times that always come up in your life and how to then perform at your best um, when, when um, the chips are down. But then the other thing is financial literacy. That's something that's not really taught as well, which is another really important life skill, but that's not, certainly not my strength. Um, but the mental skills is something that, when it's so simple to understand, whether you're in any walk of life, this information, you can just understand how to get out of your own way to bring the best version of you. And then whatever happens, happens. And that's because we all, one of the one of the really important things that in, in this information is all around results and how, how important and desperate everyone is for the results because they because they mean so much to all of us. Life is based and your success is based around your results. Everyone wants to be the best at what they do. Everyone wants to be as successful as they can be. Everyone wants all the trimmings and things that come with being successful as well. Um, and, that's all I was as a kid just so obsessed with being the best cricket I could be and I was put so much pressure on myself because I always believed that um if I worked hard enough then that should guarantee me results right which just meant I was putting so much pressure on myself because I when when I stepped back and one um one really simple performance equation that Jacques sort of taught me and once I understood it um it was all around there's there's the factors that are in your control which is just what you bring to that performance at that moment in time with your skills your knowledge um how well how well rested you are um your commitment like your real commitment at that moment in time as well um and all the things that you are in control of um but there's when I look back at all the times where I've had my best results there are things that are out of my control that have formed my way as well um and I didn't put into into my computer at all my internal computer there's these other like like other b factors that are there that i didn't realize how important they were for them to get the good like the results i wanted or the other side of it is those factors that are out of your control they also can derail your performance as well um but because i just wanted results so much i'd worry about results i'd worry about performances when things weren't when things weren't um going well and then that just meant that every time i'd go to put more and more pressure on myself because results are so important but once i understood that all you can do is control what you're in control of what you actually bring and just bring the best version of that every time then the results they'll be what they are not knowing what the you know there's other factors that are going to come in so once i deeply understood that then a huge amount of pressure is lifted off my shoulders it doesn't mean that results aren't important because they are but as soon as I stop worrying about the results or worrying about failure, and just focus wholly and solely on just bringing the best a game that I possibly could, and realise that the results will be what they are, then it's a, it's a game changer.
0: Wow! And it's unreal to think that all this started at age 34 for you. Yeah, I
1: know. I, and that's and that's part of the reason why I'm um, you know being in and around the the coaching side of things now, and I'm in the um, I'm writing a book on the mental skills of cricket um, right now at the moment as well, which will come out later on in the year. Um, again, all around, I would have loved to have known this information when I was you know, 16 because I was just obsessed with cricket. Yes, I still studied because mum and dad made sure that I studied. So school and and cricket. And I just wanted to learn everything I possibly could about the game. Technically, I want to know what everyone did physically in the gym i wanted to be the best version of myself from a physical point of view as well but there was not any information out there where i could tap in and start developing the mental skills aspect of of life performance but also specifically cricket um and if i did things would have been things would have been different like there would have been less stress and worry and anxiety around around performances uh and I would have had a better control when things weren't going well, how to sort of redirect my mind to not just continue to sort of dig a deeper hole. Um, so that's part of what my journey is now is to be able to pass this information on and that's why I'm super excited to put this book together for all the cricketers out there, that especially the younger, especially the younger people in particular who want to develop it from a young age because you develop those great mental skills habits from a young age, then you're going to have, most importantly, you're going to be more consistently be at your best, that doesn't guarantee your results, but be at your best more consistently. But the other, the the upside as well is less stress and worry and anxiety around performance as well, which we all get caught up in very easily.
0: And, and that's quite fascinating. Uh, after the session we did with you, <laughs> it has also triggered a lot of thought process in my mind. I'm trying to kind of consciously tell myself to get those negative thoughts out. Mm. And uh, yeah, I'm exploring this a little more now. I Mm. I, I genuinely feel it it makes you better as a person Mm. because you're consciously thinking that, okay, these are the thoughts in my head, right? It's Mm. not helping me in life. Mm. And I I just want to uh, shift that discussion a bit towards some couple of experiences. Uh, I spoke to Roman uh, last evening on our podcast and uh, there's one thing I observed, you know, uh, he had a difficult run to start with. And like you said, the skills were still there. Mm. We saw how well he was timing the ball in the nets. Mm. Everything, all the pieces were in place, but still, the results didn't go his way for mm-hmm. first three four games. And after the game, I saw you sitting beside him and having a long chat with him. Mm. He told me a bit about it, but I want to know from you. So, how were those? <laughs> okay. What did he say? What did he
1: say? No,
0: he just uh, <laughs> spoke uh, things that you know how you were trying to help him understand that don't put yourself into a shell, mm. keep your thinking simple, mm. don't think of results, don't be too hard on yourself. So those things he spoke about and that was quite interesting. So basically yeah. the point is it's, it's helping people, right? Mm. to have such conversations, yeah. which usually wouldn't happen.
1: <laughs> that never happen. Yeah. And that's the thing throughout my career up until, uh, up until I started to know this information I was comfortable talking about it, I never like I never talked to people about what they what mental skills they used. Technique, oh, everyone talks about technique. Yeah. Like like I played with Ricky I've known him since I was twenty. Like I'm so fortunate, both Shay Moore and Glenn McGrath and who were technically like as good as there's ever been with their execution under pressure, their skills. But I never, I never asked them. It wasn't – and there's also nothing that they wouldn't really – not that they wouldn't talk about it So closed off, but they just did it because it worked for them. They, not, they might not have necessarily known why they did it. They just did it because it worked. Um, and that's just something that people don't really talk about until I've started to sort of have – like just do some of these um, workshops and then people just – start talking about their their mental processes they go through and what works what doesn't work and i've again i find it fascinating because no one in cricket teams that i've ever been around have ever talked about that it's always been around technique right so um what you said there about rovman that's the thing like he's a incredibly skilled incredibly skilled guy and um the two things that probably stood out for me talking to talking to Rob was around one and you mentioned a little bit earlier around your conscious mind so the thoughts that you the thoughts you have that internal dialogue that goes that's going on all the time that internal chatter that 's there um, that is that's a conscious mind function which is we 're in control of it we are in control of that internal dialogue but most of us don't exercise that control that we have and allow our like internal that little person on your shoulder talking to you allow well you allow your mind to move in that direction whatever that person's saying on your shoulder instead of actually grabbing it and redirecting it to the right thoughts at the right time because most of the time that person on your shoulders talking about like what fear of failure what might happen once you make a mistake don't do that now come on what's going on you should be better than that like, a lot of the time it's the 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 negative side of things um but most of us don't don't understand and appreciate that you're actually in control of that internal dialogue that you can, if you want to, you can redirect it to the right thoughts and the more productive thoughts. And from a performance point of view, it's redirecting it to the right thing at the right time so you can access all your skills. So that was one thing that that, um, Rob really understood and and was able to redirect it. And the last last thing that really stood out for me, and it always stands out for me, is we never really define the best version of us, like deeply define it um and the power in that is really by deeply defining yeah we always do we we deeply define our technique the best version of us from a technical point of view but very very rarely do we actually define the best version of us from a, a mental skills perspective and where our minds at and us as a, as a person we're at our best and working with Rob and and deeply defining that it just it stands out pretty clearly of what that best version of you that you're chasing every time you go to play, and you could see in the um, the game that he he got us home against KKR. He just from the time he walked on, he was right there. He, he pulled himself right there. He didn't allow. He didn't need the circumstances around him to sort of be in that headspace. He was just there, and even one of the dugout, other uh, one of the strategic timeouts, the one of whatever like thirteenth or fourteenth over walked out there. Oh my gosh, he was just he was the man he was there to own it it was exactly where he needed to be um and in the end it doesn't guarantee that you, it's you're gonna you're gonna get the results you're looking for but you're giving yourself the best chance and that's exactly what rov did and he, he nailed it so that's the stuff that just makes me like it just makes me so happy to be able to see people who um who are able to just direct their thoughts into the right in the right things at the right time and then they have performance like that and it just yeah it's it's very um satisfying
0: and and all of us, like everyone listening in here, would be curiously waiting for your book as well. <laughs> uh we'll we'll move on the discussion from talking about the mental aspect mm-hmm. to just a bit of fun. Uh to feed our curiosity, what sort of discussions happen in the strategic timeout?
1: out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me I'm more so strategic timeouts I'm not saying a lot, like apart from just a couple of the the guys that I know if you if they're starting to move away from where they need to be. He's just trying to pull them back into the more so than anything, the right thoughts at the right time to give themselves the best chance of executing. But outside of that, I try and stay, like, stay away. Because, um, you know, the Ricky's Ricky's always there, Rishabh's there, the two leaders, the main leaders, they're the ones, it's their time to really talk. So it's more so me just like little conversations um, just to help help the individuals more so than the, the group. The, the leaders are the ones there to take control and, and direct the, direct the guys in the right way if they need to.
0: And while you were playing your cricket, how did you receive when someone else walked in and spoke during the strategic timeout?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of the time, a lot of the time it's sort of, it's it's great that people come out and they start talking, but in the end, you know better than anyone what the right thing is to do right at that moment in time. Um, from a from a um, execution point of view, you know whether, what the conditions are, what the right matchups are that you can try and make the most of. But the biggest thing about the tr- strategic times out is it's a great time to be able to bring everyone together and if there's a general message that you need, especially in the field, and most of the time it's normally around attitude in the field to keep the energy up, um, that's normally a time where you can try and right the ship in the right direction, hopefully.
0: <laughs> okay. uh, talking about our coaching staff, I mean, such so a star-studded lineup we have, if you guys kind of pad up and take the field, I think, You'll we'll start hitting some sixes now, and <laughs> we also have someone like Ajit and mm-hmm. you who'll start picking up wickets. So, how does it feel to have so many talented cricketers around who are now passing on their knowledge to this young generation of cricketers?
1: Yeah, well, that's an awesome thing that Ricky's Ricky's coaching because he's got an incredible amount of knowledge around the game, around the intricacies of the the game of cricket as well, and it's. Um, yeah, it'd be sad if he wasn't, like, passing that incredible knowledge on to, to people in a, in a team environment. Yes, he does a great job when he's commentating, but the real sort of nitty-gritty of the game that he knows so well, um, it's – yeah, the guys here are very fortunate to be able to have him because he knows it better than just about anyone in the world um, that's ever played the game. And he his ability to be able to articulate what he, um, what he sees as well. Like, a lot of cricketers, like, great cricketers I've been around don't always – can't always articulate what how you do it. Like, i just do it. It's like, well, how how am I supposed to do it? And Ricky's incredible at knowing how to articulate. Well, if you try this or do that, you can get into this position. So very, very lucky um to have him. Um Ajit Agaka, he is just he's an awesome, he's an awesome guy. I played like I played a little bit against um Ajit, more so towards the back end of his career. And um, he's a just the knowledge that he has. Obviously, he was he's one of the... I remember his... Javagal Srinath bowled good pace, but you I remember him coming into the, um, an Australian summer. I think it was 99, Brett Lee's debut yeah. year, 99.
0: He, he brought in a lot of aggression. Oh, yeah. He
1: came and bowled great pace. Like, <laughs> he stirred up the Aussies a <laughs> lot. He stirred up the Aussies in a big way. Maybe bowling to Steve Ward and bouncing him, and Steve Waugh wasn't that pleased. Um, but the knowledge that he's gotten, he's just, he's just a really nice guy nice person he knows how to connect with people really really well obviously that he's got a great respect within the within the group as well just with what he um, achieved as a cricketer but he's just a generally good person who cares for people so his ability to be able to just connect and and talk about things and help them out is brilliant um james hopes is someone who <clears throat> i played with him quite a, played with him quite a bit uh, but to be able to see him from a coaching perspective how um how unbelievably prepared and he, he is is just his attention to detail across everything especially in around the the data that's around which now there's a lot of data around he knows how to be able to pull out the the best pieces pieces of that to have the most impact for people to just to sit up and go oh okay that's that's a really important piece of information that we need to make the most of um and his coaching ability as well um to be able to know how to help people get better as well, is um, something he's been really awesome to be able to, to, be able to see and w- watch him um, up close and personal. And then Praveen Omre. he's... Um, yeah, the thing, just seeing some of the things he does with the, bat, the, the young batsman in particular, like um, whether it's with the short ball or just a few different techniques that he uses... Shows that he's a, he's a master at coaching you can see why he's had so much success working with a lot of um, the Indian batsmen in the, over the last sort of 10 years or so. He knows the batting technique incredibly well and knows how to help people get better with that. So that's been a yeah, very special to watch as well.
0: Wow. Uh, okay, now, now let's try and shift this discussion a bit on you. Like mm-hmm. we have spoken about everyone else <laughs> apart from you. So your IPL journey I mean, mm. you have you have been here since the start of the IPL, and you have had different experiences, different teams, right from lifting that very first trophy mm. to playing for one of the most celebrated teams, Chennai Super Kings. Mm. How has your journey been?
1: Yeah. yeah, I feel very, I feel very lucky, very fortunate um, for the IPL to have come along at a at a time in my career. I was what 27 when the IPL came along, which was really when I was at the getting starting to get into the <clears throat> into the peak of my powers as well as a, as a fast bowling all-rounder or medium fast bowling all-rounder and just the, the impact i had on my life it was just at that time when um 2008 when the ipl came in i was sort of i was in the scrap heap of australian cricket really because my injuries was just on and off so i wasn't you know getting consistently picked and then the ipl came in shane warne who was always a huge supporter of mine and always backed me to the hilt um saw an opportunity to be able to um get me to be a part of the Rajasthan Royals as well and that was just that first year was um was, all, it was just one of the most special moments in my career that whole tournament and even it, it's even more special now that um you know Shane Warren's tragically not tragically not here anymore with us um, it makes it even more special to have been a part of something or so um such a huge event in his career as well someone who achieved so much so um and just to see how things were in the lead-up to the IPL, there was a lot of tension around world cricket. Like There was a lot of on-field battles that were getting out of hand. Um, and the IPL just brought world cricket together. And it really did take a lot of the heat out of international cricket, which needed to happen. Because most people people started to play with each other, even if you didn't play with one of your nemesis, um, even if, like, in the IPL, one of your best mates probably did. And they, they normally would sort of just build that sort of bridge a little bit to to just take the heat out of um, so many situations. So every, the thing that the IPL did for World Cricket, that alone was um, something very special. The friendships that it it's um, allowed all the cricketers around the world to be able to have now is, wouldn't have happened without the IPL as a starting point, let alone the quality of cricket. And to see it evolve the way it has um, for the first four years, which is... Uh, Cricket was an entertainment part, but that was sort of just one part. Whereas the other, the Bollywood sort of other side of things, was another big part of the IPL. Now it's more so moved to just cricket specifically, and and seeing it evolve and just my you know me being a part of really just about every year of the IPL and and playing a part through my journey with with Rajasthan Rules, which I absolutely loved, um, RCB, which was a great experience. That first year in particular was something very special. Up until the final, which <laughs> hmm. I've sort of. It took me a while to get over that that um, performance. That was one of my, <laughs> That was one of the worst days I've had from an individual point of view. Unfortunately, at the wrong time. Um, and then my experience with CSK. That was something very special. A team environment that saw from afar um, was fairly envious of because they. It just seemed like they. They just got it right. That team environment and the the players that they got. And then being a part of CSK was. And being up close and personal, working with MS Dhoni, who I just had played against and um, admired for just his, like, just the way he went about things. But he never really, to the opposition, he doesn't didn't give much at all, never said any word. Like, for me in particular, he, the only words he used to say to me is good game after the games. That was it. So I didn't know, I didn't know, I already heard great things about him, but I didn't know what to expect. Um, and then being able to get to play with him and get to know him really well was something was again yeah, a very special time in my career and that's the beauty of the IPL to be able to get to know people off the cricket field not just not just on and then also work with Stephen Fleming and see the connection that Stephen Fleming and MS Dhoni have together that was that was really special to see their dynamic their their understanding of each other and, and how to create the right team environment was something that um, yeah it was was very special to be a part of
0: and, and there were a lot of things which really stood out, I mean, uh, the kind of support you received from the fans as mm-hmm. well, the kind of performances you put in, it's always been in your character, right, to give more than you can, like physically, mm-hmm. you, you just went one step ahead every mm-hmm. single time.
1: That's just how I always played, I always wanted to just give it everything I had. Uh, and and that's the one thing that I felt here in India, that that 2008 uh, IPL from from that moment going when I first started that tournament to to the back end of that tournament um, the the love that I got from the Indian uh, cricket uh, cricket lovers was something that it blew me away like I remember I think it was the it was a semi final that I was playing against we played against Delhi Delhi Daredevils um, at it was at CCI and I remember. I don't know whether I can't remember. I think I might have been. I think I was batting, and just to hear the the crowd. CCI one, ketty, I can't I can't remember anyway. Um, to hear the to hear the crowd chanting chanting my name, like the whole crowd. It just blew me away. For like a an overseas Aussie guy who certainly I hadn't really made my mark in international cricket at that stage. Um, to hear the support that I got, the love and support that I got, and it's been like that from that then on. Like I feel more comfortable and content here in India with the support that I've always got from that from that moment on, really, um, compared to back in even back in Australia. In Australia, it sort of went through waves depending on my performance. People either thought I was I was really nice and and um, got a lot of support when think when I was performing well, but when I wasn't, then they just had you know a lot of the times personal attacks and thought i was a shocking person whereas here in india once you build this is what i felt anyway once i was able to build that connection and people really enjoy what i did that just sustained and has always been there it continues to be there which i just find absolutely incredible and that's why i love i love nothing more than being coming over here into to india um, and i've always felt that to be honest i've always felt that Yes, in the IPL and here in India, but also other parts of the subcontinent as well, whether that's Sri Lanka and, and Pakistan uh, and Bangladesh as well. Just the, the love and support that I've got. And really that just all, that all came from the IPL, from the years that I had in the IPL because that's where they're able to watch and that connection that I was able to, you know, the people I was able to build with um, the cricket-loving um, public here in India was something that, yeah, I certainly don't take for granted. I really, like, I appreciate it so much because I know it's not how different it can be.
0: Uh, this, this one question I have and before that I would uh, like to say when I watch CSK playing I've, I've watched a lot of games where you played as a fan and whenever I watch CSK playing even now there's one thing where my eyes are always on that's what's MS Dhoni doing mm. his body language him setting the fields <laughs> a lot of times on the back of the baller right mm. so the baller knows MS Dhoni is there yeah. so, so what is it which stands out about him for you
1: yeah, gosh. Um, the thing that I just I, lo- I love about um, MS the the most is just how just how calm he is all the time. I know they call it like he's known as Captain Cool, but it's just just no matter what no matter what's going on, whether he's off the field, he's just always so chilled, relaxed, happy. Um, he sort of keeps in his own like keeps in his own space in a, in a way because he can't really in, in a team environment like he's always a lot of the time he's in the is in the team room he's playing um, you know playing his computer games and that sort of thing or just mixing with the guys but then on the field his demeanor doesn't really change much at all um, even when chaos is going around him he just he knows how to just stay so present and so calm and when you've got a, a leader that does that then it just means that people around people around that leader can't they can't freak out. They can't sort of get too intense and too put too much pressure on themselves because they always feel like they're backed by him and that's the one thing that I just loved about MS probably the most is just he's he's he backed the players like through thick and thin. And it wasn't just like one or two games. It was through like that was like through long periods of time. If you if he believed in you he would then You'd stay, you'd stay there, and um, and he always gave you that confidence, and um, and even if again, if there's chaos going around the field, he just knows how to say the right things, redirect, redirect at the right times. His intuition of the game is is brilliant, um, and just his ability to be able to just say, stay, just so, it's like he just gets in this sort of like, um, in this bubble or just this zone and space where it's just everything's so still in his mind. Which very few people are able to really achieve that, especially when, especially in pressure situations. See the way he bats, and even when the game's getting really tight, and he's still like just rotating ones, not really going. And everyone else, like I would, I was always going. And I, when I was batting, I'm like we need to, go. I need to go. Whereas he just, no, nah, we're sweet, no, nah, we'll take the game deep, and the ball, pressure's more on the bowler than it is on me. And he still stays so calm. And how many times he's got on the right side of a chase because he's just. Stayed so calm, executed when the bowl is under pressure, and he just consistently does it, which is different to, I suppose, how, I was built, how I'm built. But it's just so awesome to see how calm, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's freakish.
0: Yeah, uh, with you as well. You know, one particular final I remember, uh, 10, 11 balls for nothing. Yeah. It it built a lot of pressure on <laughs> all of us as yeah. fans, right? Yeah. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Yeah. And. From there, oof, it was just destruction.
1: Yeah, well, no, I was—I was. Those thoughts, that little person on my shoulder, was thinking that as well. I was like, what are you doing? What's going on? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're ruining it for the team. So th- those voices were getting quite loud, which had to redirect to the right thing. Um, but yeah, that was one of the days that you just you dream, you know, you dream of, and that was part of me understanding my just my game inside out and knowing how to just technically, mentally, just keep directing myself to the right thing at the right times, even though I I didn't, I got off to a very slow start. And now, I, which meant I put pressure on Pfaff as well. He took a risk that he really didn't need to cause I'd got off to such a slow start. Um, but that's just one of those days that you dream of. And in my own mind as well, I had a bit of redemption um, deep down inside of me as well from the previous final that I played um, with RCB, which I was just so shattered about. Cause I know how much it meant to to RCB to for that final it was at home um at Chinnaswamy we RCB would played so well all year the back end of that tournament in particular Virat was on fire it was his chance as well as um the you know one of the greatest players to play to sort of win that elusive IPL title as captain um and it just shattered me that you know I bowled one over in particular I just got it wrong and um and I felt like, and then the time when I batted as well, I got out at the wrong time. I just felt like because of the roles I had with that team and my game just, just being a shocker, even though I was trying my best, but it just was a shocking game, I felt like it was me who lost the game for RCB. And so it, deep down inside of me, that 2018, I had like I had a, to exercise a few demons of me. And that's why um, I was just so determined just to just direct all my energy into every single ball. And just try and do that over, over and over again, and that was just one of the days where it all, it all just um, a few little things sort of fell my way as well. And um, yeah, you dream of those days, especially at that time. My career was that was twenty eighteen, so I was nearly thirty seven um, to be able to have a season like that and have a, a game like that in the final is is one that you you always dream of being able to sort of perform like that in a in a big game.
0: That, that definitely deserves to go in the hall of fame. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Last couple of things before we close today's chat. One, I want to talk about Mitch Marsh. Mm. Phenomenal cricketer, (laughs) uh, but kind of similar trajectory. He has also suffered a lot of injuries and Mm. setbacks. And equally capable, like you, to single-handedly win a game. Mm. So uh, you have a lot of chats with him. You see a bit of yourself in him.
1: Oh, yeah. He's... Gosh, his skill is just... Is absolutely incredible, and it's great to be able to see him over the last 12 months. Just really let himself go. You can see the way he's just taking on the game uh, from ball one in in all formats, but especially T20 cricket that we've seen him play so well and so consistently over the last 12 months, which is hard to do in T20 cricket. Just shows um, now that he's sort of in created the created the right sort of mental space that he needs to be in, and he's because he's got amazing skill. Like the hell. He hits the ball so ridiculously hard for just conventional cricket shots. There hasn't, there's not too many people I've ever seen just play like a, a cover drive or a straight drive and just hit it so unbelievably hard without trying to. Um, so he's only got his best years in front of him. He's getting, you know, he's he's going to get more of an understanding of what he can do, his physical capabilities with his bowling and managing his body. Which, for me, was always. <laughs> is always a, a, a working progress up until I stop playing um, because you're trying to do something that's really hard. Being a sort of fast bowling all around is really hard physically um, and not many people have done it. So you're pushing um, – you, it's, a, it's a challenge. It's, it's hard to sort of get on top of. But his batting alone is something that's very special. And be able to see what he did in the T20 World Cup, um, owned a couple of really important times in, in games and dominated them, um, he's got a lot of incredible cricket in front of him. Um, and again, he's got the skill, then it's just continue to be able to create the right mental space that he goes into every game because once he gets there, goodness me, look out.
0: Yeah, and we saw a glimpse of that. Mm. Just a game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, we certainly did see that. Um, and he's gonna, I'd be incredibly surprised if he didn't consistently do that and much more because he's just, he's an, yeah, he's, in, he's an incredible talent.
0: So uh, we're gonna close this chat by talking about Rishabh, but mm. before that, just just want to understand one of your another all-round abilities. I mean, apart from being an all-rounder on the field, you're doing that here as well, right? Being a coach, talking about the mental aspect of the game and in personal life as well. Uh, you have your own ventures, mm. so talk us about that. How did the entrepreneurship <laughs> came in? Yes, yeah, so I've
1: always been fascinated about business, and the last sort of five or six years, I've just become much more and more obsessed about how people just go. F- from an idea to then creating something that has a huge impact on, on the world if you if you, you know, pick the right sort of idea and have the right infrastructure behind you. Um, so that's where my, the mental skills um, business side of things beyond performance has started about five years ago after I, only a year after I met Jacques Dallaire because I just knew that information that he'd, that he'd put together and developed the framework over like 40 odd years is just so powerful. So that's something that's been there sort of going just Chipping along even while I was playing, and now is the time where I can really get that out to the world. Um, now that I'm getting into the coaching space as well, um, but my other business that um, I'm so passionate about is T Twenty Stars, which is my cricket equipment business. Because I'm talking more so in the Western countries, like here in India, cricket gear is um, is like reasonably affordable, yeah. um, even top of the range, top of the range gear, and that's reasonably affordable. But like growing up in Australia, for example. Um, you know, my I, my parents were in the were in the air force. You know, we didn't. Mum and dad just we. I never felt like I went without, but we certainly didn't have an abundance of of um, of money growing up. But they, I was always I was always able to just get enough gear um, to to sort of just fuel my love of the game of cricket. But now gear and career gear in australia has become incredibly expensive and especially in the western countries in particular it's got very expensive and i i just want as many people playing cricket as they possibly can i love the game so much it's given me such an incredible life it teaches you so many different life skills that you need to develop um the game about resilience and bouncing back from setbacks because it always is and um so i started t20 stars to be able to just get um, great quality cricket equipment um, because of my relationships within the cricket um, industry, at and it's an on, totally an online business um, because I want to be able to make it more affordable as affordable as it possibly can be to just continue to get in the hands of as many people starting out or wanting to stay in cricket as well because that can be a barrier for people playing club cricket. It starts to get very expensive to play, um, so. You know, that's that's a reason why I started T20 Stars and continue to push that very hard to, to try and get more traction. Again, it's all around like it is with the mental skills. I want as many people to be as good as they possibly can be from a cricket perspective as a starting point, but then I want as many people being able to play the game of cricket as well. I don't want people sort of maybe questioning whether they play it because the gear is just getting ridiculously expensive. So I'm doing everything I can to be able to trim back all the unnecessary Expenses and costs that the other big brands have to be able to make it as the um, incredible quality gear as um, as you know, reasonably priced as possible.
0: Amazing! Best wishes to you for that, awesome. and we hope you make difference in lot many lives. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh, closing this chat, talking a bit about Rishabh. Rishabh mm. idolizes Gilly, he <laughs> idolizes MS Dhoni, mm. but there's one unique thing about him that while he is idolizing them, he doesn't want to do. What they are doing, right? Yeah. He has his unique personality. Mm-hmm. He'll do things his way. Yeah. So, how have you assessed him so far?
1: Yeah, it's a great, it's a great assessment there. Um, he certainly—I know how much he loves MS, um, MSD, and obviously Gilly. Every every wicketkeeper batsman We're just going to adore um, Adam Gilchrist with what he was able to do to to that um, to that position in a, in a cricket team. Um, and that's the beauty of Rishabh. He he obviously. He just wants. To, he wants to be his own man. He wants. He wants to make his mark on the game in his in his own way. Yes, he he, you know, he loves what those guys have done before him, um, but he wants to really make his mark in his in his own way in, in his in his own style, and um, it's just still, still got to sort of like make sure I keep thinking about this guy's only twenty four. Because he's been around for it seems like he's been around forever. Like he's been around for a long, long time, and his maturity um, as a cricketer, uh, his maturity as a person as well off the field, and it you sort of just got to keep like reminding yourself this guy's only twenty four. Uh, and yes, we've certainly seen a number of like incredible innings, and he's continued to come of age for India, even in Test cricket as well. That um, Test series he played in Australia recently was um, was incredible to just to see him just. Put, it, put everything together all the skills that he has and he's just one of those he's one of those cricketers that's just got outrageous skill development at such a young age he did the first time I ever saw him playing for Delhi uh, just no, there's not many people who've got that skill at such a young age well there's hardly any um, and obviously he spent so much time developing his skill and now and now to be able to see him continue to push the limit on how good he can be, he he's desperate. He wants it. He wants to be the best that he possibly can be. Um, and he will figure out and just put all those pieces together um, because he's desperate to to be the best him um, in whatever you know, whatever way that is. to sort of be a trailblazer in what you know in what he wants to do so um yeah it's been awesome to be able to work with him like I've you know, only only played against him but to be able to actually see how he goes about things how um, yeah how mature he is as such a really for a young guy 24 is not not that old um, but he's got a great handle on on life and the world around him and um, and his teammates as well so it's been special he's not been it is special to be able to work with him
0: uh, and off the field as well he's quite a character right the kids love him everyone <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he's great fun to be with
1: yeah yeah he certainly is and that's what even you tell even during that uh, test series in australia just he's, he just doesn't take things too seriously he always he has a good time and uh, you know that smile that smile that he's got that um joy that he has is very infectious which is a, a beautiful thing to see
0: so i think that that brings us to the end of today's podcast and yeah there's there's never enough when it comes to you talking or Ricky talking we <laughs> keep listening to you guys all the time and we enjoy it a lot so thank you for joining us uh, for everyone who joined us on Spotify and all other places thank you for listening hope you had some fun and learned few things thank you so much
1: my pleasure no it all
0: thank you all for joining into yet another episode of the Delhi Capitals podcast watch out for a new episode every Friday and some bonus ones too throughout the week thank you again And see you real soon.